0: Welcome to the Fleet Success Show. We are a podcast dedicated to talking about the fundamentals, standards, and best practices that empower today's fleets to achieve fleet success. Let's get into the show.
1: All right. Welcome back for another episode of the Fleet Success Show. I'm your host, Josh Turley, joined by my co-host, Jeff Jenkins. Happy Tuesday. Here we are. Right? So... Today, we're going to talk about a, a topic that's been in the news recently. It's this uh, element of quiet quitting. It's such a weird phrase, quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're going to quit, but we're going to not talk about it. Yeah. Quietly. Hey, quitting, quitting. <laughs> it, yeah, I guess in some terms, right, it's the passive-aggressive form of today's society. We don't really want to quit, but we're just not going to work anymore. I wonder how much of this is reflective of, you hear, of the people that get
0: fired. Text message or a video or uh, Loom, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: no, it, it probably is all related, right? There's people not having courage. Yeah. You know, leaders not having courage to, to terminate somebody in person or to have a face to face conversation. Um, and I get it, 2,500 people at one time, like there's not an easy way to do that logistically. But, you know, like that, uh, that crying CEO who had to fire three or four people, right? And then made it all about him. Yeah. It, I think it's just a It's an indication of where we're at as a society right now no one wants to do the hard thing no and and quiet quitting is just the it's the other side of that coin yeah right nobody really wants to quit because then they'd have to go find another job and it's a pain in the butt to go find another job so instead we do this whole doing just enough not to get fired but emotionally you're just totally checked out have you ever quiet quit no it doesn't have to
0: be work i guess it could be on anything right
1: yeah. I'm trying to think like if I've ever quiet quit like volunteer work or like a church assignment, I don't, I just don't think I have that bone. Like if I'm not happy, I'm just going to quit. I quit my, you know, my first job. Yeah. But then no, ever since then it's, it's all been RTA. So I feel like I'm still <laughs> here. <laughs> you actually stepped it up a notch, right? Like, I'm like okay. Yeah, I'm going to buy the company. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> kick this into another gear. I um, don't think
0: I've ever done it either. I, I, I think that maybe after I've given a notice somewhere,
1: oh for sure, right? Maybe you're then I've been, you're already checked out.
0: Yeah, you're checked out, and I think that may do it. And it's not necessarily getting doing just enough to get by. It's probably you're just not there anymore. Yeah, but I'm I'm like you. you no, know, I, I I can't. I couldn't live that way. I'd be miserable.
1: Yeah, right, like if I was just doing it for a paycheck, like there's way better things to do to get a paycheck. Yeah, and so like this idea of doing just enough to get by we have we have a saying here that we say all the time right if your soul's left a building your body should follow right because and maybe it's just perspective but like you and i both know like life's just too short hmm. and if you're going to sit there and just waste it and basically trade your minutes away for a paycheck and no real job satisfaction you are selling yourself so short on life
0: oh absolutely And i think
1: that's the saddest thing about this
0: well this isn't anything new no, first of all, this has been happening forever. We're just now coining it as a as the phrase quiet quitting. I think it's probably more prevalent now, but as I look back, there's a lot of times I've noticed people that have done
1: just enough
0: to oh, get yeah. by and to not get fired.
1: Yeah, because for them it's more about the job security, right? For them it's more about I mean, you asked me in one of the more recent episodes about loyalty, and for them that's really what it's more about, right? Like I need my health benefits, I want my 401k. You know, it's there's a little bit of an entitlement there, like, well, I deserve just to, you know, make this and and not have to do anything else. Um, But it definitely is a mentality. Yeah. You know, it's a mentality of, like, I'm totally fine being mediocre and not being more than I totally could be or living up to my potential. Right. It's it's those
0: people that you walk around and you come up behind them and they're playing Candy Crush on their phone. Right. While they're at work. Right. Or... (laughs) What's that, that phrase? The boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I crap on the company time. <laughs> that's why I've heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> like there's those sort of things that people have that mentality because they're just, you're right, they just want, and a lot of it is benefits as opposed to pay. Yes. Because if it was all pay-based, you'd be busting your ass to try and make more and more money.
1: Right. And I think that's the, it's interesting, the things I've been reading on quiet quitting and you know the hot takes that people are having on it, is if you don't want your employees to hot or to uh, quiet quit, then you should pay them what they're worth. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's that's what we're getting from this. That's right? the Antithesis of what should happen. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> so we're gonna just pay you more money to do the job we're already paying you for. Hold on a second. I'm just trying to make sure I understand your argument here. And if you feel like we're underpaying you, then why don't you go get another job, a better job that pays better somewhere else? That that's personal responsibility. That's it's weird, weird, right? It's, it's a weird concept. I know.
0: It's very weird. That that was that's always my argument uh, when people talk about things like this.
1: Right. Is like,
0: well, they they deserve to make more or minimum wage. We need to raise minimum wage to X or to whatever. And I'm like, well, if you're not happy, why don't you just go get a new job? Right.
1: Go get that thing that you need or that you want, right? It doesn't seem like you know, but instead it's everybody else has to change.
0: Yes. You know,
1: and there's no the personal responsibility. It's, yeah, you know, like they blame the evil corporations and things like that. But like 98% of, of America is employed by small employers. And so that's totally a random stat that I just made up out of nowhere. But I know it's big. Um, it was really good, though. I was impressed. I was, I was confident, right? <laughs> yeah, you were. I believed I just, you. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to be like, 98%. That's not right. They're going to fact check me on the podcast. I'm going to get like a Snopes email. This is a Pinocchio. You get five Pinocchios on that one. There you go. Uh, I do know it's a big number, though, and, you know, like you, when you quiet quit, you're not hurting the big corporate giants. You're usually hurting the local economy, Yeah. you know, and you're hurting yourself, and you're hurting, you know, if you've got a family, you're hurting them because you're coming home miserable because all you're doing is the paycheck. Well, yeah, and,
0: like, what a unfulfilling life. Right. Like, you, I don't think I've ever really said, hey, I love what I do as far as a job but I've been good at it, but I, I've had a goal that I've worked towards, right? There's right. been ambition and those sort of things, so there's been purpose behind it.
1: And I think that's the, the key, right? Uh, Patrick Lencioni had the book, The Three Signs of Job Misery, mm-hmm. and basically broke it down to three things that lead to employees checking out, right? A lack of employee engagement. Um, the first one was irrelevance. Like they just, their job didn't matter. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what it was there for. They didn't know why they were there. They didn't have purpose, um, and so, you know, as you're trying to help employees stay engaged, like you got to make sure they have a purpose, they have a motivation. Uh, we talk about dream management and understanding what they're looking for, what their goal is, what they're trying to achieve, and how do those align with the company goals? Right. Uh, but they have to believe, like, what the the work that they're doing matters, that it has an impact on other people besides themselves, and that um, it's something that they get something out of. Right. And that's that irrelevance, like eliminating irrelevance is one of the signs of job misery. Right. Yeah. Getting rid of that. Um, the other one was anonymity. Like you have to be seen. You have to like feel like people care about you at the place you work. If, if you're invisible, then you're like, well, I could totally quiet quit and nobody would even notice. Well, There's a story. Gosh, it's probably
0: like five, six years ago where there was a guy in New York who hadn't shown up to work in six years. He was making over I think over two hundred thousand dollars a year no way yeah 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 hadn't shown up in years to work for that reason because he had complete and total anonymity no one knew when he was there when he wasn't there and so he just kept he just stopped showing up to work and getting paid Wow <laughs> Wow yeah and they found <laughs> out
1: how many years he'd been doing it like wow right. Impressive, right, yeah. and at some point, like as a company you're like you know you feel a little bit defrauded, oh yeah, at the same time, you don't have anybody else to blame but yourself, uh, and that's the third sign of job misery is immeasurement. measurement. Like right. you just don't know the score. you know like you have no idea to know like am I doing well? am I doing good? And uh, you know like how do I know if I'm winning? Uh, but if you've got somebody that's just not showing up to work and yet they're still getting paid, I'd say you probably have a measurement problem first and foremost, right? And then you definitely have an anonymity problem where how does that even happen? Well, yeah. Because that guy had a manager. Mm-hmm. Somebody was signing the checks. He was in somebody's budget. Just disappeared.
0: Maybe they just checked in via text.
1: Man. <laughs> Clearly, I'm... He's going good. <laughs> I like, and you asked that question, like, have you ever done that? I don't know that I could even do that. As much fun as that sounds like, hey, I can collect $200,000 a year and live anywhere I want and not have any responsibility. That sounds amazing. But... I think after a while, it's, you know, like, and I see this too with people who retire too early. They lose that sense of purpose and they're yes. like, well, I don't know what my life means anymore. And I got to go find something else to do. When a lot of them end up passing away sooner than
0: they would yeah. because they don't have that purpose. You hear about people retiring and then six months later, a year later, they're gone. And it's like, wow.
1: Right. Like, were they really that unhealthy? Like, yeah. you know, they, they worked until they died. No, it was the other way around. They died because they didn't work. It's kind of interesting how that, that paradigm shifts a little bit. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that is
0: making this more prevalent right now is the remote aspect. Yeah. It's much easier remotely to quiet quit to do just enough, I think, than it is if you're actually with other people. Yeah. Because they're not a, they're not observing what's well, going on and what you're doing. You don't have that interaction.
1: Yep. And they there's a bunch of sociologists that figured that out pretty quick too, right? Is your behavior changes if you're being observed. Mm-hmm. Right and I, I don't remember what they called it. it's not stockholm syndrome it's um a Stockholm paradox maybe, but it's this paradox of like the behavior of people when they're being observed changes yes if they think it is right and there's like a bias that we have inside of ourselves and so if you're around other people, like those other people influence how you're acting and behaving, and if you need to look busy and do stuff like that, whereas if you're working remote, you don't have that same level of peer pressure right, right. like that's yeah. this whole sociological element just goes away. And now, and there's nothing to backfill that other than self-discipline, which, you know, as a human species, I'd say that we struggle with. Um, so it's really interesting to see how, like as a society, how that shift is going to impact us long-term. Oh yeah. It's funny. When I took over as CEO in
0: Texas, the guy I took over for, he was like spot on every day, he'd leave regardless. Yeah. People would wait. Till he left, and then right after his car drove out, they'd take off. So when I took over for him, right, it was the same thing. They would wait for me to leave. And then you just never left. And I, Yeah, you, you know me. I don't leave, right? And then I wouldn't leave, and so people would just stick around, and it would be like 5, 5.15, and finally they'd start to trickle out. But you would have those people that the moment you left, they would start packing up and leaving too. Right. They're like, for, okay, now it's For time that to go. observation, right? It's, they they want to be observed, and they're like, oh, I'm dedicated. Once the boss leaves, I can go.
1: Right. Yeah, so it's interesting as you, as you look at that. Well, and then you've got the whole mouse jiggler app thing. Oh, geez. Yeah. Right, which is it, another issue, and I think a measurement is, is a whole thing here too, where you're paying attention to is somebody on Teams or whatever, do they show that they're available or are they away and idle? Right. Yeah. Right, and so because like, people, you know, they step away from their desk, they go get their coffee, they, you know, they go crap on the company time, whatever. <laughs> but the idea is that you've got this little jiggler app that moves your mouse and it keeps you at your keyboard. Um, shoot, I've, I've even seen them where they were like, oh, you've got to have your webcam on so we can see you at your desk. Oh yeah, no. I'm like, okay. Like we're, we have jumped the shark on this whole thing. If you're looking at somebody's team status or at their, you know, their webcam or whatever, like you've missed the point. Well, and if I have to look at that
0: to determine whether you're a good employee, you're, you're, I'm one, I'm a terrible manager.
1: Right, I'm a terrible boss. <laughs> Either that, or you really are a terrible employee, and like yes. that shouldn't be. You know, and you should be working there anyway. Right, it's one of those two things. Um, so for people who are dealing with, or you're seeing people quiet quit, or like, how do you overcome it? You know, we talk a little bit about employee engagement and those three things. And I honestly think eliminating those three is a great way to overcome it. You know, because employees who are engaged are not going to quiet quit. No they're going to outright quit yes. and they're going to have courage and because that's another whole thing here is that it's a coward move but the way that i know that i would come at it is you know i'm hearing well you just need to pay them more and i'm like well why not just hold them to a higher performance standard you know like have you been really clear about what's expected from the job does do they have like a top three like these are the three things i need to make sure i do at all times or is it just kind of unclear and like well if we get to it we get to it and the reason they're able to quiet quits because the standards so low.
0: Yeah, there's, and if they do have performance metrics, they're either not hitting them, or they're just steady across the board.
1: Right, and they're not growing. No, they're
0: not growing at all, and that's a big deal too because
1: most people want growth. Right. Well, and that's something as a manager if you're seeing that and not addressing it, because I actually think this this quiet quitting is not a symptom. I'll give you, it's some of the employee, but I will say it's mostly on the managers, right? It's because they haven't been very clear about that. They're not seeing the growth and they're not having the hard conversations they need to mm-hmm. to either inspire that growth or inspire the individual to find something elsewhere. Right. Because um, that's really what it is, is you wouldn't be able to quiet quit if you had a really proactive manager. There just wouldn't be a way to do it. No, because they'd be all over you to make
0: sure that we're maximizing our time.
1: Yeah, and, it, and not micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Like, in a full-on accountability, like, let's talk about, you know, like, they know you. They know your job. They know it's, you know, what's stressing you out. Like, you wouldn't be able to hide behind just enough. Yeah. Um, And they would care about you to the point that, like, you would feel guilty letting them down. Right? Or you would feel guilty that you're milking it and you'd leave. You know, because you're like, hey, I'm totally taking advantage of this person. I need to just go.
0: Right? You know, I can I can already hear there's going to be people that are going to try and be uh, very counter to this opinion. It's possible. All right. Well, well, they'll just sit there and say, "Well, if they're getting their job, done, why does it matter?"
1: And that's true, right? Like, then they haven't really quite quit, have they? No, they right. <laughs> if just enough is good enough then what's the what difference does it make right maybe your maybe your organization's standards aren't high enough or and that's just it right like if you don't if you have good performance and you're growing and you're pushing that and people are quiet quitting is very different than oh no we're totally happy with status quo and yeah. nothing ever changes cuz then like your people have been quiet quitting for years oh yeah like and this is why it's not a new problem um, and so it, it really kind of does come down to your company culture and how you want to handle those things, yep. but, ah, fun times. <laughs> so setting performance standards, you know, if you feel like people are quiet quitting, go through those, you know, signs of employee misery and make sure that everybody does have a way to measure their job. They've got a, a way to, uh, measure their relevance. You know, they know that they're relevant. Uh, that they're not anonymous, you know, that you need to have those regular one-on-one cadences and find out what's important to them and what's going on in their life outside of the office walls. Yeah, well, engage with them. Yeah. And it's not just a a one-on-one
0: once a week or once every other week and I'm done talking to this person. Like, you need to engage with your employees regularly yeah. to make sure that, you know, they are fulfilled and they are satisfied.
1: Yeah. And how's it going today, right? Because yes. on Monday it might be one thing, and then Thursday it's something totally different. So. Um, I think it's interesting, too, and maybe this is why we're seeing a little bit more of the quiet quitting, like why this has got a a noun now associated with it. Uh, it was the impact of the great resignation, right? Like you saw this whole shift of employee power, shift away from the employer back to the employee, mm-hmm. right? And that is a pendulum. It's going to come back around. You're seeing all these layoffs happen in the tech space, so it's shifting already. Um, but I wonder if people aren't willing to hold performance standards or hold higher standards or have those hard conversations because they're too worried about people quitting and it's taking too long to get new people on board. Um and so I'm curious, like I think there is probably a subtle impact there of the great resignation. But I also know like as a manager, I'm like, yeah, well you just gotta own it. And like you can't use it as an excuse, like get better.
0: Yeah, you know. I I look at it a different way too when you relate it to the great resignation because they said that 26% of the people that left a company yeah, regret leaving. So I so the quiet quitting is a way of them
1: right like I regret what I did and so now I'm going to quiet quit because yes. I don't want to look like a job hopper. Right. You know, and that's a real prevalent thing for these people too. Is well, I, how does what's my appearance look like and is it going to affect my ability to get another job in the mm-hmm. future? Um And that's interesting because I think I probably early last year, like when I saw the Great Resignation coming around and I saw all the people making the jump, I think I haven't coined it. I'm like, just wait, there's going to be a second wave of this and we're going to call it the Great Regret. Yeah. Right. And here we are. Right. And And so it's kind of fun. It's like, yep, there we go. I coined that term. Not that I'll ever get credit for that, but it's cool. Well, you had all these companies that were getting this infusion of cash. Oh yeah. And right. now we could just hire all this talent. Yeah. And so people are jumping
0: from place to place and now it's starting to reset itself. That cash yep. is drying up. It's not as available as it was. So you're getting the layoffs. And now people are even scared because they see the layoffs. Okay, why well, maybe I can't jump somewhere else.
1: Right. So I'm So now I'm just gonna quiet quit and ride it out until until I can until I feel more stable. Yeah. Right. You go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And it's, it's all about the, you know, food, water, safety, uh, you know, and, and they, they don't feel safe in that environment, right? So It's interesting. It is. We're going to keep an eye on this one. But uh, thanks for joining us today. As always, you can go send any questions, comments over to podcast at rtafleet.com. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys out at the Fleet Success Summit in Las Vegas. That's March 21st, 22nd. And we've got some good speakers already that we're getting really close to lining up. I know Mike Pitcher's coming, Sam Bradford's coming back. We've got two more that we're not ready to announce yet, but we've confirmed one of the two, which yeah. I'm really excited about because I know him personally. Yeah, and well, and I've heard great things about this guy as well, so I'm excited to announce him. Um, and we're, you know, we're recruiting speakers right now for that event. That that lineup is just going to get even stronger. And Sam and Mike were two of our best speakers at our last event. Oh, great! And so, like, that's the great, yes, that's the bar we're trying to clear. Is all right. We need Sam and Mike to be our worst speakers at this now. <laughs> and it was the first time I had heard Mike
0: speak, and he was fantastic. You know, yeah. you have that. He's from Louisiana, so you got like all these great you never little know, phrases. Right? Oh, yeah, things that come out. But Sam, now I've heard speak two or three times, and I just tell you, every time, it's just the guy's emotion, genuine, and how yes, and how genuine he is. He just delivers.
1: It's yeah. Good. All right. Well, uh, until next time, we'll see you later. See ya.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Fleet Success Show. If you like the show, we'd appreciate your five-star review. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and come hang out with us on social media at Fleet Success. See you
1: next time.